feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. And today's episode is going out a little bit late. I usually record them on Monday or Tuesday so they can go out first thing Wednesday morning. So I'm recording this on Wednesday morning. It'll go out sometime today. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Summertime is just really busy. So I don't know if anybody else experiences that. This is something that Ayurveda actually helped illuminate for me. It's Pitta season and Pitta is the fire element and it's just go, go, go all the time. And that's been true for me my entire life. When I look back on it in the summer, you know, partially because the days are longer Um, I feel like I personally need less sleep than I do in the winter, and there's some physiological reasons for that too. When it's dark outside, your body produces more melatonin, so you do actually feel more sleepy. So that's one reason. Um, Things are just busy. I'm leading extra hikes with Namaste in Nature, if you haven't heard about that thing that I do yet, if you're new around here, but um, and just teaching extra classes. My schedule is just more packed, but also my... Already husband and I, we got married at the courthouse in January thanks to the song January Wedding by the Avid Brothers. It's a really cute song. You can look it up. It's cute. Um, so we got married already for legal purposes, um, tax purposes. Weird, you know, marriage is as much a legal and financial institution as it is a spiritual one. But we're having our wedding like next week. And so we're going camping this week. This is all like a big tangent to say things are busy, but I also have a summertime cold. And I so I was kind of resistant to recording yesterday because I sounded, believe it or not, a lot worse than I sound right now. Maybe y'all can't even tell the difference with how I sound right now, but I know I'm a little bit stuffy. And let me tell you, summertime colds are like one of the worst forms of punishment, but it's what I call the daycare cold daycare viruses. I just, you know, they just happen. My son gets little stuffy noses. That's another Ayurveda thing. I don't know. So in there's seasons that are ruled by different doshas. There are um, times of life, times of day. So if you're not familiar with the doshas, you can't, there's a wealth of information on the internet about them, but I'm also preparing a dosha quiz. I'll let y'all know. If you sign up for my email list, you'll be the first to find out when the dosha quiz um, and probably a a blog post to go along with it to explain the doshas a little bit more. But so like pitta is one of them, the fire element. Kapha is another one of them or kappa. Actually, that's been hard for me to correct. There's no F sound in Sanskrit, but everybody calls it kapha, but technically it's kappa. But it's like ingrained in me to say kapha. Anyway, that's the earth element, and it can be related to like more mucousy, more damp earth and water element. Uh, so that's like early springtime. You know, things are like cool and damp and earthy then. Um, but same for, for kids, you know, because kids are a little chubby. Kids, they, if you've ever heard the term snot-nosed kid, so true. It's because they're in their kappa time of life. Um, and so I don't normally get my son's daycare colds, but this time I did for some reason. So that's been rough. Um, and yesterday I just was not feeling up to recording. I taught three classes, which is like a lot in one day. I don't normally teach that many classes in one day. Um, anyway, 
So then another reason I've sat here and rambled for like a couple minutes is because my topic for today's episode is a little bit of a tough one. So I've been going back and forth whether I'm even going to put the words white privilege in the title of the episode because just saying those words gets people's hackles up. And some of the people that might most need to hear kind of like what I'm about to say might not even listen if I put that. So um, what I'm talking about is manifesting. And I have some practical tips for you about how to manifest things, how I manifest things, um, what has always worked for me. I like manifesting so much that even one of my friends a couple years ago got me a sticker for Christmas that said manifest that shit because I guess that's like something that I say. I don't know. It's like it's not even in my awareness that I say that that much, but um, it's on my car. I have a sticker on my car that says manifest that shit because I'm all about manifesting. I think it works. I do, but... One of the things that needs to be acknowledged with manifesting is what, you know, privilege, how privilege has to come into play. You know, you just can't ignore that. Like some of us, we're not all equal. We're just not. So if you've been listening for a few episodes, at least you've, you've heard this before. One of my frequent main points is that there's no one-size-fits-all recipe to anything wellness-related, anything life really, you know, just life is different for all of us. We all have different experiences. That's one of my hugest points with this podcast is that we're all living in this reality that's colored by our experiences. And most of us, I think, this is the sweeping generalization that I'm going to go ahead and make, most of us, a lot of the time, are just kind of living in our own bubble of our own experience And it can be a little bit tricky to step outside of that and really see things from another person's point of view and really like genuinely listen and believe that. And so that's kind of what I want to bring up related to the white privilege thing and how this fits in. So I guess I'll just say, let's start at the beginning with manifesting. There's this whole... You know, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of that movie, The Secret. We actually, like, when I was in rehab on, like, spirituality night, which only happened, like, once while I was there, but uh, we watched that movie. Um, and so that was the first place I saw it. It's on Netflix, though, or it used to be. And it's um, basically the the concept is that, like, you just – think about something enough and make enough vision boards and positive affirmations or like whatever until it exists in your life. And that's like, okay, that's one piece of the puzzle, right? Like genuinely believing that you can accomplish something and keeping your attention on it. But that's not the whole, like you can't just keep repeating something and keep looking at your vision board until it happens. And additionally, Some things, this is hard, but some things just aren't going to happen. Or at least they may not happen in exactly the way we think or envision they will. And like I've mentioned before in the self-efficacy and positive affirmations episodes, those parts are important, but their positive affirmations and vision boards aren't the whole picture. They're not going to get you there alone. So that's why I have four, I've come up with four, I've distilled it down to four key steps in manifesting. And I'm not even sure the first two are kind of like, you're kind of doing them the whole time. 
but you definitely have to lay the foundation of the first two um, before you put the second two into effect. So I'll just go ahead and tell you what they are, and then we'll continue to break it down over the episode. So number one is letting go of attachments, and number two is deep listening. So those two might be able to be interchanged. You know, you could start with one or the other. Um, Number three is intention and effort, and number four is patience and consistency. So I've distilled it down to those four because that's actually sometimes I teach that as the theme in my yoga classes, and that's the simplest distillation of how manifesting works um, from my experience. And I can even, if you stick around for this episode, I'll give you some of the yoga practices that I associate with those steps. But the good news is this is a podcast and I'm able to really, we're able to really explore those concepts more in depth and the kind of nuances and caveats and intricacies related. That's why I love a podcast. Um, So first, letting go of attachments. Um, I think I put that one first because you're really kind of doing it the whole time. But okay, so like I just, this is one like little, I'm a visual person and I have this visual memory from the secret, from the movie where the guy was like, he put this picture of a mansion on his vision board and then like however many years later he like had a mansion that looked almost just like that and just that picture is in my brain and I'm like, okay, but not all of us like want a mansion, not all of us need a mansion, not all of us are realistically going to acquire a mansion. And so I say that also because, um, so that's part of where the white privilege piece comes in is like some people have very real barriers that are going to prevent them from getting a big mansion, um, societally, like systemic barriers. And other people, I think, so there's this trade-off that is like, okay, so you want a mansion, but do you want to do what it takes to get a mansion? Do you want to work your ass off all the time? Do you want to have time away from your family? Do you want to be like cutthroat in business and do whatever it takes to make however many umpteen dollars? And so that's another thing I realized in the spiritual world, everybody's like manifesting, like you can have whatever you want. And sure you can, but I feel like what's missing from that discussion is so these societal barriers that I'm kind of alluding to and also the trade-offs in your life. Um, So everything's a balance. This is something I've really learned a lot from astrology too is uh, your work-life balance, your self-other balance. Um, It was like I always knew those were were concepts. Like we all have to have work-life balance and – sense of self-assuredness, but then also nurturing our relationships. Uh, So everything's a balance. And when you give more to one, like those are just a couple examples, you are more than likely taking away from the other in some way, right? Like the more you work, the less time you have with your family. Unless maybe you can reach a point where you have this like self-sustaining income. But then in my opinion, like a lot of the times that's – uh, it's it's complicated, you know, it comes with a lot of stress, right? You know, so it's not, everything's not just like, you can't just always have your cake and eat it too. So you have to let go of your attachments 
to um, the exact picture of what... So I don't think you can cut a picture of a mansion out of a magazine and get that exact mansion in five years or whatever. You know, it might be something a lot like that or whatever. Um, but I do, I do think there's value in getting really clear on what it is you want. But I think you have to let go of your attachments to exactly what that is or exactly how the process will play out. And additionally, your attachments to your life as it is now, right? So if you want something, you have to decide what it is you want more. So that's where the step number two, deep listening, comes into play. And that's why I think these two steps are interchangeable. Um, I choose letting go of attachments first because you might find then that once you let go of some attachments that some of the things you were thinking you were pretty attached to manifesting might fall away during that exercise. Um, So then next comes the deep listening where you get even more clear about what it is that you want and how you're going to get there. Because that's one of my other main points with this whole show in general is all of these tips I'm giving you, one, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. Two, these are lifestyle tips. This isn't, I am not the one for you to come to looking for a magic pill. And that's where I I hope, I hope that once y'all start to realize that, that like catches on in kind of the spiritual world, you know, I hope that makes y'all feel a little bit more at home. I really do because we're in this American culture, everything like it's, it's not very sexy to like do the work all the time. Like we all just want to buy something or um, like if I buy this course, then I'll be this way. And it's like, no, you have to like put in the work that the course is teaching you. You have to implement the strategies. Or like if I buy this um, supplement, I'll be beautiful or meet the capitalistic beauty standards. You know what I mean? So um, I, I'm hoping, you know, tangent, I'm hoping to dispel that culture. Um, and that's, it's hard. It's kind of scary, honestly, to to do that because I could easily just say the things that people want to hear about manifesting and about living a good life. Um, but they're not really true, or at least they're not the whole picture. And that's what I'm here to do. Um, and I'm right there with y'all. So that's the thing too, is like, as a recovering addict, I have definitely spent my time looking for the magic pill. Literally, I was addicted to pills. Um, <laughs> to fix my life, to, to heal my pain, whatever. So this, like the biggest lesson I've learned is that there's no one size fits all approach and there is no magic pill. This shit is hard, like day in and day out. And so letting go of attachments and then deep listening are important no matter what, but they become especially important when you're trying to achieve a certain goal, which I think most of us in our lives, like always are to some degree. It's like, I don't know, or at least it's, for me, it's really helpful to always have something that I'm kind of like working towards. So whether, whatever you're manifesting is something big or small, um, these things are helpful anyway. So that's how my brain works, all these tangents, but deep listening is about, you know, this is, this is yoga practice, right? 
the silencing of the chatters of the mind, the withdrawal of the senses from all those capitalistic beauty standards and ads that tell you you, you can buy this thing, what it, whether that be a course or a service or a product, and it'll just solve your problems, um, is kind of removing your awareness from all those external inputs. That's pratyahara. Um, and the, it's actually several of the eight limbs of yoga, the the sense withdrawal, the one-pointed focus, um, turning your awareness inwards um, so that you can get really clear on how things actually land for you and how, like, so why is it that you want a mansion or whatever? Is it, is it the, the ease that that looks like, you know, having all of this, I think myself included, a lot of us get this picture painted for us that like having all this, um, wealth and stuff is going to like create more ease or having what they call like passive income or, just like whatever that lavish lifestyle, it looks like it's going to come with more ease, right? So maybe what we're we're craving is ease or maybe what we're truly craving is um, making a bunch of passive income so that we do have more time with family, right? Um, but I just want to say, to put it simply, in the words of the notorious B.I.G., mo money, mo problems. So... That's why we cultivate deep listening to ourselves, to our inner light of awareness. Is it really lots of fancy stuff that we're craving or is it just simplicity and ease? And I'm here to tell you, once you get kind of clear on why it is that you want what you want, then I think you can become more clear about what it is that you truly want. Um rather than just something materialistic. It's probably it's probably something more related to a feeling or a lifestyle, right? Rather than like actual things. Um but then that's where again the white privilege piece comes back in because it's like uh, and that's why I hate to like even say this because I do know like I come from the country, y'all. I am like a country girl. I was born in a very small town. I grew up in a very small town. I say I live in Asheville now, but I actually live in a small town outside of Asheville. Like, I'm country as hell. And so I know a lot of country people. And with that comes, like, this conservatism because the culture is, like, uh, life has been hard and they were never handed anything, right? Um, And that's true. So I'm not just saying because you're white or whatever that you – don't you've never had to struggle you've never had to work hard to earn your things I'm just saying that like as white people we've never had to really worry about if we'll be kept out of a job due to the color of our skin or how we present ourselves in the world because most of that comes down to things that are changeable it's like okay I got visible tattoos at some point in my life because I decided that I don't really care to ever get a job that would care if I have visible tattoos. That was a like clear decision I made, but that was a decision, you know. Um, being a person of color is like not a decision, and that can absolutely 
provide barriers to access uh, to certain things, you know? Um, So that's why I say, like, this deep listening, you need to cultivate a deep listening to what it is that you want and why you want that thing. And then sometimes it's super hard. You have to, like, really let go of attachments of how exactly that's going to play out, what that's going to look like. And then sometimes... Um, if you are like a person of color, unfortunately right now, it's like, it might even be true that some things you can't achieve in the same way or with the same ease that a white counterpart could. And that's just true. And I, that's why I was struggling with even recording this episode. It wasn't only the cold. It was because saying that I know it's going to make people feel alienated but it's true. And so that's our yoga practice. You know, that's, uh, we want to illuminate the truth. We don't want to live in this bubble of like what feels good. Right. I mean, that's been kind of the point of my last couple episodes. Like sometimes the truth doesn't feel good, man. And we have to sit with that, you know, (laughs) like, and so then once we cultivate a deep listening, we can, and letting go of like kind of attachments to the way things are now or exactly the way that we're going to fix whatever. Um, We can move on to step three, which is intention and effort. So maybe our intention is to kind of help ease the, um, the disparities that come with privilege. Um, And that's, that's an awesome goal. Uh, I think we should all do at least, what we can. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not hard, y'all. Like sometimes we just have to acknowledge it or um, listen to some more diverse voices. Like I know I'm just like another little white girl, right? Um, but I've at least listened enough over the past year. Like I was trying to do a little more pre-research for this episode um, about how white privilege kind of plays out in manifesting. And there were lots of resources that came out in, like, June of last year, you know? Y'all remember June of 2020, George Floyd and all the um, protests related to that? And when everybody was like, oh, white silence is violence. I'm a white person. I'm going to speak up forever. And then they, like, stopped again after, like, June. Um, So here I am just trying to continue the conversation. But mostly I've just been listening. Um, And that's why I'm like, I'm not really here to advise you on what you should do related to, um, to white privilege and disparities. I'm just here to say, please continue diversifying your resources, diversifying your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed, like listening to other people with different perspectives. Um, and then, so anyway, tangent because it's hard to kind of cover both of those things in this episode. So that's why I'm like, I'm trying to stick to manifesting, but the whole white privilege thing is so complicated and nuanced. I'm trying to say just enough um, while sticking to the topic at hand and trying to keep this episode decently short, um, which has been my intention recently. I'm making an effort. Step number three. Um, That's where the positive affirmations and vision boards can be helpful. Um, the, the, those things can help you keep your intention at the forefront of your mind, but they're useless 
without some kind of effort. So I think they are really effective when it's like, okay, I've mentioned this before, like when you set an intention for something and it's like a way to hold yourself accountable. You're going to feel like an asshole if you set this intention and you're like not living a life that aligns with that intention. And whether that's like super at a conscious level that that's what's happening or not, it's happening. I promise. You're going to feel bad because I've experienced this. When I'm like, I remember when I first like set out to be a yoga teacher, um, I didn't have a super strong practice. And then your home practice, it like always ebbs and flows, right? Um, but it feel it doesn't feel good when you're like, I want to do this thing and I know I'm not living a life in alignment or like whatever it is. If you want to cultivate like a healthier body, if you whenever you eat like um let's say less nutrient dense foods, I don't want to say bad foods because there's that's a whole separate topic for another day, good versus bad foods and the culture we have around food in the United States and diet culture and all that. That's another topic for another day. Um, but so, or like when you skip an exercise, it like just feels shitty. So that's why, um, so this always comes with a caveat of like, be gentle with yourself. Um, and that's actually, we'll get into that in step four, but the intention and effort, it's, you have to know, that's why, so like by now you've done your deep listening and you've let go of your attachments to get really clear about what it is that you're trying to achieve. And then hopefully you've already kind of in your deep listening phase um, thought a little bit about the kind of habits that a person who is or has that thing that you're trying to have or be, um, how does that person live with their life? You know, um, if you want to be wealthy, start my granddad like reads Warren Buffett's stuff all the time, you know? Uh, so like get in the minds of the people who are like you want to be like, you know, or for me, it's like staying in touch with my teachers, whether that's be related to astrology or yoga. Um, I, I stay really uh, kind of under their wing as much as I can and learning about how not just the concepts they're trying to teach me, but like the habits they're trying to teach me, right? So, and then you have to do it. You have to just do it. You have to set your intention. You figure out, okay, what is this thing that I want to manifest? Or, you know, it could be a thing. It could be uh, a feeling, whatever. And then you have to live in alignment with that thing. So that's why I'm like, vision boards are great because they'll help you keep it in your front of mind, front of awareness, especially if you hang it somewhere like that you see often or those sticky notes on the mirror I've mentioned before with positive affirmations. But you got to change it up sometimes too because our brains do this thing where like once some, you know, you've had the same sticky note on your mirror for long enough, it just, it doesn't catch your attention anymore in the same way that it used to, right? I know you all have experienced that. Um, so... So you have to like keep you have practices like positive affirmations on sticky notes on the mirror or vision boards where you can see them or whatever. They're good to help you keep your intention in the front of the mind, but you have to keep putting in effort. And then so that leads us to step number four. And see how these all kind of overlap and are interrelated. And you're kind of having it's it's an iterative process. 
You're doing this the whole time, repeatedly. Um, patience and consistency. That's kind of the last step, I think. So you have to be patient. Again, that comes back to the letting go of attachments of like, okay, I've been putting forth this effort. Like, I should have had it by now. You know, it doesn't always play out in the way that we think it's going to, or it should, and that's not fair, and that sucks, but it's true. Um, and consistency, you know, you, my, I used, I've heard this quote somewhere like a long time ago, and it's been in my head. I don't know where to actually attribute it to, but if you're persistent, you'll get it. If you're consistent, you'll keep it. So let's say you decide that you want to like be a yoga teacher and you do the things that like, you know, you take your training and you follow the training to a T, but you're not just, you know, now you've done your one training and now you're a great yoga teacher. You have to continue being a student of yoga. You have to be consistent or like in your relationship, you pursue a person and, um, they fall for you and then y'all start a relationship and then you stop doing the things that, made that person fall for you, y'all know this. Like, you have to continue doing the things. And sometimes that requires shaking it up. Like, when the the post-it note on the mirror doesn't get your attention anymore, you try something else, right? Um, or whatever the case may be. So, to recap, we have to let go of attachments. And this is almost more like a circle, or like a Venn diagram with overlapping circles than, um, than a linear process. It's definitely, it's iterative and it's, it can be kind of bouncing back and forth between the steps. So we're constantly letting go of attachments to, um, how our life has been because another concept is like, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? That's where the whole idea that you have to like align your habits with what you want to achieve because, or like figure out what, okay, what is it that you're trying to achieve and what is getting ahead of somebody who has that thing or is that thing, you know, embodies those qualities and try to embody it, right? Um, and then deep listening to, okay, where is it really coming from? Why do you want this thing? How does it land? What is it? You know, maybe maybe it's not really a materialistic thing you want. Maybe it's um, more of a feeling. And are there other ways to cultivate that feeling or that quality that aren't a materialistic thing, right? And then number three is intention and effort. So once you've kind of done that process of of deep listening and letting go of attachments, those two really go hand in hand. I can't put one above the other. Um you set your intention and you put in the effort and then maybe you achieve it or maybe you have to, number four, cultivate patience and consistency until you do. And then maybe you're continuing the consistency to keep that thing or maybe you've come up with something else that you need to put in your effort to, right? That goes back to the... um stages of change model that I covered in an earlier episode. If you want to revisit that in more depth, you can check out the episode called Incremental Change. That's what it starts with. It came out on April 12th. I might link it in the show notes. I'll probably link it in the show notes. If you want to 
go over those in more depth and get a little more information about what this is I'm talking about here related to behavior change specifically. But just for today, for manifesting, we have to acknowledge a lot of harder truths related to, you know, where we stand, societal truths, things like that. And, you know, then also the the harder truths that are like, there is no magic pill. I I really want manifesting to be a magic pill. You know, I think that's what always like drew me to it. I was like, eh, how can I make my life better? Um, and it's just what I've learned is it's consistent effort over time. And that's what yoga practice and astro- studying astrology, that's what those things have given me. It's been the greatest gift that um, self-awareness and the awareness of my body and my sensations and where things like really truly land for me, experiences and, you know, whatever, like how those things truly land in my body and mind. That's what the yoga practice has given me. And then astrology has given me the the awareness of, you know, things like that work-life balance and, and maybe you're going through a season, you know, that's what the transits are kind of about is like maybe you're going through a season right now of, of a tough transit and um, I don't know, it's just, it's a good way to perspective shift, to put things in life in perspective um, and have a little bit of a je- objective insight into um, ourselves and our relationship to the world, our relationship to those around us, how we're moving in the world, things like that. So those are some really beautiful gifts I've gotten from those practices. And they help me, especially astrology, honestly, helps me stay on track personally um, with the constant iterative process. It just gives me like a good framework like with the new moon, you set intentions and the full moon, you um, release attachments, these things, you know, it just gives me personally a really good framework to keep moving through these iterative processes that I keep talking about um, without having to put a lot of thought into it personally. So with all that said, I hope that is um, helpful for you. I actually, I realize it's already gotten up there to about how long I want to make the episode, and I didn't cover yoga practices. So be on the lookout sometime soon for probably a YouTube video or a class um, related to the yoga practices I usually teach for manifesting. So as always, as I've been saying a lot lately, if you want to be the first to find out about these things, sign up for my email list. You can go to my website um, or my social media in the link tree thing. It's the very top uh thing, sign up for the newsletter. And I promise I'm not going to bomb you. I'm not one of those. Like I'm not going to be annoying. The email list is actually going to be a really helpful resource. I hope for anybody who's interested in these topics. And so if you want to find my website, it's yogiscopes.com, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S.com. And you can find links to my social medias there, but they're the same handle, Facebook and Instagram, same handle, yogiscopes. Um, I'd love to connect with you all. And if you'd like to schedule a reading with me, I do have a scheduler up on my website. Or you can email me through my website or however it is you want to get in touch with me to schedule your reading if you need a little bit greater clarity related to any of these things I've talked about today in your life or 
things that might be unfolding for you in the upcoming year. So I'm really glad y'all are here. Thanks for joining me. And remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. <laughs>